Hi everyone, welcome to the Scientist at Sea podcast brought to you by Exomarine. Katie, what are we going to be talking about in this episode? So for those of you who were able to listen along last time, you'll know that we were speaking to Steve Simpson about his work in bioacoustics and coral reefs. And we're following on from that this time um, with one of his PhD students, Tim Gordon. So here we go. Hi, Tim. Thanks for coming on. Welcome to Scientists at Sea. Before we get started, could you just give us a brief introduction about who you are and, and what you do? Sure. I'm Tim Gordon. I'm working on a PhD studying coral reef acoustics. So I try and understand what we can learn about coral reefs by listening to them, listening to the natural sounds that the animals make, um, and how we can use that understanding both to monitor and also to protect coral reef ecosystems. Brilliant. So we've already spoken to Steve Simpson, who's your supervisor. Yes. Um, and he's described to us, you know, about all the different sounds you can get on, on the coral reefs and um, how you can create these incredible soundscapes which bring in all these different noises maybe all these different these different creatures and um into into one big cacophony into a soundscape there how important are these soundscapes to the animals that live in this in this ecosystem i think uh that's one of the things that it's very easy to forget about is um that we're used to living on land we're land animals and uh we're used to being able to see a long way um and so for us sight really is our dominant sense uh, but if you go underwater, that's kind of flipped upside down um, in that even on a really clear day in really good conditions, you can only see 20 or 30 metres away from you. But unlike on land, sound travels really well. It travels five times as well in water as it does on land. And so for all sorts of behaviours um, and aspects of their lives, fish and other marine animals are using sound really heavily. Um, there's a, a whole diverse range of sounds that they can listen to. Um, they have advanced hearing abilities in two different mechanisms. Um, and they can use sound to find each other, to talk to each other, to find prey, to escape from predators, conversely, uh, to find habitats, to navigate long distances through the ocean. Uh, there's all sorts of different ways in which sound plays a vital role in ocean ecology. Yeah. Great. So obviously, like you say, it's very important. These days, you know, the the soundscape, I imagine, sounds quite different now to how it might have done 100, 200 years ago when humans weren't so prevalent. So what, what's, what's changing at the moment or what has changed in the recent past? You're absolutely right. Humans are having a big impact on the oceans in a lot of ways, and we can hear that difference in, in many different ways. So, so the first way is that as our ecosystems change uh, as animals either move away or die or in some cases populations grow we can hear those changes because the noises that those animals make will be different so there's the biological sound changes through the ocean for example as um, industrial whaling came in there would previously be many more whales and dolphins in the sea now the sounds of those are gone because the populations are decreased uh, when coral reefs degrade, the sound of the whole reef disappears. But when they regrow, then the sound gets louder again. Another aspect is that it's not just the biological sound that's changing. All sorts of human activities have all sorts of noisy inputs into our oceans now. Uh, commercial shipping is massively increasing. Industrial construction, both onshore and offshore. Deep sea mining um, recreational boat use around coastlines. All of these activities put noise into the ocean. Because sound travels so far and so fast, that noise will go a long way, and it will start to pollute the atmosphere from an acoustic 
pollute the ocean, sorry, from an acoustic perspective. It's almost as if for these animals that rely on sound so much for their everyday lives, it's almost the equivalent of letting off a smoke bomb in a city, you know? They use sound to navigate and to find each other and to talk to each other. So if you put a big load of noise through that system, it becomes like a smoke bomb to us. It, it completely clouds their senses. Something I can imagine that not many people have been aware of until quite recently. Steve was saying, you know, uh, you know it's, it's a very visual system. When, you know, from a human perspective, when you go to a coral reef, you see lots of colours, lots of incredible corals and fish. Yeah. With these impacts, you know, what, what other impacts might they have? I've, certainly, I've heard you talk about navigation, for example. How do fish use that and how is that being impacted at the moment? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it is a, a predominantly visual system for most people. Uh, but I think that's because our ears don't work well underwater. True. Uh, so I've spoken to people who have worked on coral reefs for years and still haven't really listened to one. And it's because you, you snorkel along the surface of a, along the top, um, along the surface of the water, and maybe you've got air in your ears or maybe the waves are slapping against your head and you don't really listen to anything. Uh, or you go diving and you've got this big tank on your back and you're breathing through your noisy regulator. And again, you don't really hear anything because you just hear yourself breathe. But if you go below the waves and you take the time to sit still and to hold your breath and to just listen, then it's amazing. It's like a new world is open to you. There's all these noises you would never have even heard before, never have even noticed. And there are all these pops and chirps and whistles and grunts and snaps and clicks. It's, it's really incredible to hear. And when you see people hear it for the first time, it's like their eyes pop out of their head. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's really fun to say to somebody who's not experienced it before, go on, just, just dive below, hold your breath, sit on the bottom and just listen. And you can see it strike them. It's amazing. Would that work in the UK? I think so. Yeah. 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 You can hear all sorts of things in the UK. So yeah. all, and it's often things you don't see. So it's all these invertebrates um, often that are, are burrowing away in holes or hiding in seagrass or around the corner and you never quite see them. And they make these clicks and these um, rasping sounds and that sort of thing. Uh, often you'll, you'll hear whale song or dolphin clicks or seals make noise. You'll, you'll never be able to see them, but you can hear them in the distance. It's amazing. So, yeah, a, a lot of those sounds become very important for the animals that live in the system as well. So um, if you imagine yourself as a, a fish, and in particular as a young fish, uh, then life starts on a coral reef. Um, you, you, eggs are laid on the reef, but before they even hatch, they're swept out into the open ocean. Um, that's a good thing for them because in the open ocean, there's not much that can eat a baby coral reef fish. Uh, so they can kind of hatch and develop and grow up a bit um, in peace out at sea. But then there comes a time when, as they grow up, they are now big and strong and ready to take on the world. And they come back to the reef and they start adult life on the reef. Um, but that is a big migration, a big journey that they have to do through the open ocean. And you know, it, it becomes this big challenge. How on earth are they going to find the coral reef? Because they're very small fish and it's a very big ocean. Um, you can't see very far underwater. You can only smell in the direction that the current happens to be flowing, which often isn't advantageous. Uh, but you can hear a long way because sound travels a long way underwater. And as coral reefs are such noisy, busy places full of all these clicks and whirs and pops and whistles and grunts, uh, often you can hear them from a long way away. And so these fish are homing by hearing. They're able to detect and also judge the quality of a coral reef habitat by listening to it from a long distance away and coming back towards it. Yeah. So I imagine if there's all kinds of other noises, boat noises, for example, clouding that, it's going to make that 
trickier? Is that Ab- right? Absolutely. A, a girl in our research group um, called Sophie Nederleck did a, a wonderful experiment where she, um, she took a big um, cylindrical tube and put it in the sea and she put a fish in the middle of that tube and at one end of the tube she played the noise of a coral reef and at the other end of the tube she played the noise of the open ocean. And predictably, the fish heard the coral reef and swam down the tube towards it. Um, interestingly, when she did the same experiment, but she added the noise of motorboats to that coral reef noise. So it, it still sounds like a coral reef. It just sounds like a coral reef with some motorboats going around it. The fish lost their preference for it. The fish were no longer able to orient towards it more than 50% of the time. Uh, and so that suggests that there's a real threat there, that anthropogenic noise, that noise pollution can get in the way of these natural sensory abilities to home by hearing um, and threaten that process. Many thanks to Tim for talking to us there about such an interesting topic. Marine noise is so important, so many angles to look at. And I just, I found it so interesting what he was saying um, about really taking the human perspectives out of senses when we get in the water. Because obviously, as you mentioned, we coral reefs are such a visual place, but actually... I'm really looking forward to next time I go snorkeling now and just trying to listen as hard as I can and and stop thinking about everything else and see if I can come across some of those amazing noises for myself. Yeah, I've never noticed it before. I used to do it too. Um, I'm really quite excited. Unfortunately, we're recording this in winter, so maybe not quite right now, but give it a few months when the summer rolls around and uh, give it a try. So what's happened since the time we recorded this then, Ben? So he actually won a science communication award. He won something called FameLab International, um, becoming UK national champion. So he gave a series of talks on things like rainforests, climate change, coral reefs, bioacoustics. So some of the things we've heard him talk about and many, many other things. But um, I'm not surprised having met him. He puts across his research and stories with it so well. Um, Very much a deserved award there. So well done, Tim. And recently, Tim and Steve and the rest of the team have done some really interesting research looking at acoustic enrichment. So what that means is going to a degraded coral reef, so where some of the the corals started dying or there's fewer species there, um, and using underwater speakers to play healthy coral reef sounds, which attract young fish back to the reef and might go some way towards uh, restoring degraded coral reefs, which is really cool. Wow, some really interesting research is coming along with there then. And it's it's just so nice to see some solutions put out there in the science relating to coral reefs. Um, really exciting time for that. So thank you very much to Tim and to Steve. You can find out a little bit more about some of their excellent research on the show notes of the Exeter Marine blog. And then we'll hope to catch you next time when we talk to a few of the other members of their research team.